Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. turning 65 years of age today. I remember the Donnie Marie show, the Vikings were in the Super Bowl, and they asked Donnie who he was taking. He says, well, look, I like purple. End of discussion. So uh, there you have it. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. It is 1234 in Edmonton. And uh, we are going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and go to the biggest Donnie Osmond fan I know. Courtesy of our friends at Abe's Door Service, where services are specially, visit abesdoor.ca. Here's Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Hello, Elliot. How are you? I'm trying to watch Messi, Bob, and you're interfering. You just scored. Spoiler alert. Uh, the... <laughs> it's not a spoiler alert if it's already happened. It's, it's too late now. I mean, it's on Twitter yes. these days. Uh, now, did Messi score? Did Argentina score? Messi scored. Messi has scored. Yeah, sorry, no, no, sorry. He he set it up. He, he set, set it, up. it up. Yeah. Yeah, he's not very good, that Messi fellow. Yeah, he's, he's terrible. Now, these two countries, ironically enough, have had, as you know, in 1978, they played in the World Cup final when Argentina was uh, had gone through a political coup d'etat, and the best player in the world at that time, Johan Cruyff, uh, elected to remain back in Barcelona. Many of our listeners would know this story, but uh, Cruyff's family, uh, there was was there not a ransom attempt on his family at one time? And he no, there was a there was there was a death threat. He didn't yeah. play, and he did, and I don't think he revealed it. Like I'm not exactly sure of the story, but I don't think he revealed it for years until he wrote a book. Yeah, yeah. So, anyhow. Um, yeah, interesting stuff. So, quick update: Argentina up by a score of one nothing. Let's get to it. Uh, lots going on. Were you surprised that none of the five guys that were on waivers today got claimed? Ryan Carpenter or Kevin Rooney or anybody like that? The one that surprised me was caught from Colorado. Um, that was the, that was the one I thought was uh, Rooney. I think if he didn't have a second year, he would have been claimed. I think that second year is the, until we get a clarity on. You know where the cap is going here, Bob. I could have seen Rooney not getting clear uh, claimed. I think we'll see what happens uh, with him. I, I, I think they're gonna. I, I have a feeling there could there could be some attempts to see if there's trade value there. We'll see. Um, but the one that stood out was caught. Um, you know because he was a first round pick. He's a young guy. I think his confidence is shot a little bit right now. But that doesn't mean he isn't talented. And so I thought of anybody was going to get the attempt it was going to be him. I thought maybe somebody would look at Carpenter. 750000 bucks, right shot center. I mean, that's the minimum. Um, that's a good That's a good one, too. I mean, 
I think he only has, what, one goal in 21 games this year, although you're not looking at him for scoring. No. Um, it's, it's, it's not, you know, Bob, it's not your worst idea. There were some interesting names there. I've right? had some bad ideas over the years, Elliot. <laughs> Look, we all have. We all have. We have Yoni Niemann coming on. He's a Finnish based writer that works in this market. Just yep. a great guy. Was involved in the world's longest day of hockey and world's longest day of yep. baseball. And uh, we're going to get his perspective on this whole situation with Paul Yarby. Now, now, full disclosure, mm-hmm. Yoni is friends with some of the Finnish players that have been here, like. Uh, uh, yes, uh, what's his face? Ninema, uh, Yanni Ninema. I know yeah. his friends. Yeah, Ninema, yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. um, and you saw the Mark Spector piece that was written on Sportsnet uh, with the Thomas yeah. Seppel. And there's now more quotes today from Marcus Leto. Uh, give me your 30,000 feet. I'm in uh, New York City per, or in uh, Toronto uh, perspective, you know, sort of from a global view is how you see what's going on here with Paul Yarby. Well, first of all, I think you have to empathize and feel with Pugliarvi. Nobody wants to see uh, anybody go through that, be in a tough space mentally. Um, you know, I, I think we're all more understanding of the way people feel, and 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 nobody wants to see that. I, I think that the biggest challenge about being in the public eye, and you know, I go through this too, although not in the same level as him, is that everything you do, right or wrong, is seen by everyone. Yes. Like, I, like I'm out there. Like, if I if I make a mistake on the air or I tweet something that people don't like, like everybody sees it. And uh, and I, I tell that to young people uh, right now who are going into the business. I say you you have to understand that everything you do is out there. It's out there, good and bad. And so, you know, very little of your, well, you can privatize a lot of your life. I do really try to keep my private life mostly private, but the bottom line is everything you do, people see, and it's not for everyone. And that's kind of the trade-off that, you know, uh, someone like Pugliarvi has. If he has a great day, everybody sees it. If he has a bad day, everybody sees it. And if he has a tough stretch like he's going through right now, everybody knows it. And that's hard for people because in addition to, like, he doesn't need anybody telling him he's playing well or not well. He knows how he feels. But because he's in the public eye, it makes it even more challenging. Now, you'll remember, Bob, because we talked about it. Last year, I did a piece with uh, Stephen Heska, who is a Saskatchewan-born player who plays in Finland, and he actually uh, played with Pugliarvi on the Finnish team when Pugliarvi went back the last time. He And he talked about Pugliarvi went there, he went home with no confidence and how they built him back up, and when he first came back to the Oilers, he was really in a much better place. So what this says to me is that this is Pugliarvi is someone who battles his confidence. He just does. And that's not a bad thing. It's not anything you should be embarrassed about. It's something that all of us go through from time to time. I think the thing that concerns me is that it's, it, you know, it, it's happened several times. Uh, he's going through a tough time again. And look, Bob, you're around the team. You know it. There have, they've tried to move him. I, I don't know if he's ever asked for a trade, but at the very least, it's been discussed that he would be better off if maybe he went somewhere else. Yeah. And the one thing I look at with this is, would it not be would it be a benefit for Pugliarvi 
to go somewhere where the microscope was a little less intense. What, like, sometimes, like I, I remember talking with Gary Roberts about this once. He played for the Calgary Flames. He loved the attention of playing for the Flames. And then after his neck injury, he decided to resume his career. Where did he go? He first went to Carolina. And he actually said at the time, I remember doing an interview, when, when he came back, he wanted to go somewhere where, the, where it was quieter because he was coming back from injury. He didn't know how it was going to go. He wanted to try a quieter location. And then after he left Carolina, he went to Toronto because he wanted to go somewhere where he was in the public eye again. We go through phases. I think Pugliarvi's in the place where he needs to uh, go and somewhere where the spotlight is a little less and try to pick up his career there. And the other thing I think, Bob, is that one of the reasons that the, it hasn't happened so far Money. is the Oilers is well, and also I think the Oilers feel they're being lowballed on the return, right? And uh, I, I think at this point in time, it's hard to make trades right now because so many teams are in LTIR or close to the cap. But I think if you're Edmonton, you have to look at this. I think you're you're in a situation here where the player is really struggling. And you need the cap space because you want to do some things. Depending on what it is, I think you almost have to say, look, we're probably going to have to take less than what we want. But if we can move the money and create the cap space and use that to go get something else, I think it's probably the best move for the team right now. Yeah, boy, I can remember watching Sean Heska play uh, in the Western Hockey League with the Everett Silvertips. He had a cup of coffee in the NHL. He was on that Carpat team. That... Oh, did I call him Steven Heska? That was stupid. Oh, I, I thought you called him Sean. All good. Uh, okay. Anyhow, okay. Um, uh, you know, bottom line here, it's it's interesting. Uh now, Marcus Lato's made some more comments today to Tommy Seppel. What did he say? I didn't see them. I didn't see him. What did he say? Uh, you know what we'll do here? Brendan, can you hop on Spectre's Twitter feed and basically pull up the comments that Lato made in the Tommy uh, Seppel piece that he ran? Because Mark ended up rerunning them. And so mm-hmm. see, we'll just we'll just see if Brendan can get about now. I hope he didn't step out of the studio. That would no, be. no, I'm here. I'm just scrolling. All right, I'm over at the. Uh, I'm at Brendan. Like he he Rob just accused you of like taking like walks and not. No, doing he's doing job. what you like, wish you were doing. Like, right like now. no, no, that's what I. That's what I. That's what I heard there, Brendan. He was taking a real run at your confidence to do your job. I heard that. Well, given that I'm 18 kilometers away from the studio, it would be tough to know where he is at the exact moment. And I'm not as presumptuous to think that he's waiting with uh, breathless anticipation on every word that I say. Because as Ellie, as you know, because you're a married man, and Brendan, you'll learn this, that never happens in any household at any man's <laughs> So, so uh, yeah, if you could pull up, were you able to get... Uh, it's Tommy Seppelis' comments you're looking for, yes. correct, that Speck retweeted? Yes. Okay, when the latest contract was signed, certain commitments were made. Jesse was going to give it his all, and if it didn't work, changes were going to be made. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. can say that Jesse haven't given it his all. I think it's time to think about player and a human here. So he's basically... Yeah, I, you know, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. But and you know, like I said, like I said, Bob, I I just think you reach a point where it's time, and yeah. it's it's not necessarily anybody's fault. It's just sometimes things work, and sometimes they don't work. And I just think this is a, a young man right now who needs to go somewhere 
where maybe the spotlight is a little less intense and give it a shot there. All right. Uh, now, let's, uh, he, he's not going to be at the top of the proverbial food chain on the hot-to-trade market out there, though, you know, this is an Edmonton-centric show. So, let's, uh, we just had Jacob Chickren in town. We had Bill Guerin, or uh, Bill Guerin, he's on today after you. We had Bill Armstrong join us on Wednesday. I believe that uh, the Arizona Coyotes are looking for a similar package uh, that Anaheim got for Hampus Lindholm. I might assert I don't think Jacob Chikrin's Hampus Lindholm. Uh, we've talked a lot about uh, Chikrin, and we've talked a lot about the two Chicago guys. I heard your uh, shtick last night on uh, your hit last night, uh, or yesterday morning on the NHL uh, radio network. Uh, maybe a quick rip on three names that have been out there a lot. Uh, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane. We'll do the Chicago guys first, and then Jacob Chikram. Yeah, sure. I mean, Taze and Kane, I'm under the impression that this will be discussed a bit more after Christmas, early in the new year. Uh, the one thing about those two guys is they were given advice, just wait into the season to see who was good and who wasn't. Like, for example, Bob, I think a lot of us have linked Patrick Kane to the Rangers, but if the Rangers start don't start going, it doesn't make any sense. So I think that's kind of where we are right now. Let's just, let's see where every, everything stands in the new year. Now, there have been some reports that maybe Kane doesn't want to move this season. I have heard that rumor. I did check into it. I was told if that was the case, he hasn't communicated it to anyone right now. But it's something that, you know, we should keep an eye on. So we'll see. Um, I, I think there will be interest in both those guys. I, I just think it comes down to where they want to go. And we'll probably have a better idea uh, next month. As for Chikrin, you know, I, I think the, the tough thing right now is that, um, you know, Arizona's holding to a high price and teams are resisting. And I, I think there is interest in the player, obviously. Um, I, I think at different times, teams like, St. Louis, teams like the Islanders, teams like L.A. Um, again, I, I told you this, I'm not convinced you guys have been hugely in it. I'm not convinced Toronto's been hugely in it. I think Florida's a team that's interested. I just don't think they have the ability to do it. And I, I just think it's a matter of when do we get a situation where the offer is close enough, either a team bends or the Coyotes bend, to get to the point where we do this. Because that's kind of what we're waiting for right now. All right. Well, you mentioned Florida, and, you know, basically uh, Anaheim got a combination of a former first-round pick and a first-round pick in a second. Florida doesn't have a first-round pick for the next three years. They gave That's up, the problem. They yes. gave up a number yeah. one for Sherratt as a rental, a number one for Giroux as a rental, and then a number one in the Kachuk trade. And that yeah. makes me wonder about the price point on rentals. If teams shy away from uh, the Leafs gave up a number one to get Foligno, do teams yeah. shy away from giving up number ones? Maybe number twos become the currency. What about a guy with a year left in term? So I'm going to switch to a different type of defenseman that might be more, a more appropriate fit, both price-wise and role-wise for Edmonton. What about a guy like Joel Edmondson out of Montreal? Have you heard anything at well, all on that front? What about Luke Shen? Well, that price point is awesome because he's nine hundred thousand bucks. Well, like, like I, like I think Shen is going to be a guy who's going to get a lot of conversation around him. He's a right-hand shot. He's a physical player. He's an excellent teammate. He knows what he is and what he isn't. And as you just alluded to, Bob, he's making nine hundred k. Yeah, yeah. Bain Pettinger. Like, to me, 
to me, that's the guy Bain, you know, for a lot of teams. Bane Pettinger was just in town uh, visiting with Tyson Berry. Uh, you know, and he's obviously tight with the Shen brothers. So that would be uh, uh, an interesting. So you mentioned Vancouver. Uh, Brock Besser, I mean, is it, you know, Horvat and Besser, they look because they've got to get Kuzmeko re signed, uh, as well as, uh, you know, plan out the long term there with, you know, where they're at potentially with Pedersen. Some people have mentioned Garland. And, you know, how relative is Besser in terms of potential trade talks around the win- uh, league, Elliot? Uh, I, I like. I think like it pumped up because it got out last week. So whenever things like this get out, Bob, they they kind of pump up a bit, and things really get going. Um, I do think there's a lot of teams that have reached out to the Canucks about it. I, I do think there's some interest. I think it comes down to like how would this all work? You know, Besser's got two years left at uh, six and a quarter. The Canucks have made it very clear that as part of this deal, they want to create some cap room for themselves. So how do you do that? Um, how do you make it, um, you know, uh, you know, how do you make it so that you, you get into a situation where a team is willing to make a deal with Vancouver, where Vancouver gets some cap relief. So I, I think it's complicated. Like, I, I mean, the short answer, Bob, is I, I definitely think there's interest in him. Uh, I, I think I, I think that you know a team like uh, Washington. I've heard. I think they're one of the teams that have interest. I think there's more. You know, a lot of people are are tying in Minnesota. I've just heard that Minnesota's been very careful about term because of their cap prison, as yep. Merrick calls it, for three years. Um, yep. Yeah, like you know, like like I think that I think in, in a in in, a, in an even world, I think they'd love to have Besser, but I, I think they're very clear that they're not taking anyone with term unless it's an absolute game breaker. So I, I do think there is interest in Besser. I just to me, it's just the complexity of the deal. All right. I, you know, I should I should you did ask me about Edmondson. I know, I, I know you've got uh, Spec is like throwing gasoline on the fire out there by saying Bourgeois might have to go on the uh, in the deal. I don't. I don't know. Like the one thing I do believe about the Oilers is they understand that what their window is, and I and I do think that they. I think they're well aware of you know what they're looking at contract wise down the road with McDavid and Drysaitel, and I and I do think they're aware of that. I I'm not convinced that they would necessarily do that. But I think they're well aware that they've got to win in the next few seasons. No question about it. Elliot, great stuff. Much appreciate your. Oh, one more for you. Who do you got tomorrow? England yeah. and France. I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I haven't decided yet. To be perfectly honest, um, like I root for Italy in the World Cup because it was one of my first jobs out of school. Was writing for the Corriere Canadese. The uh, Italian daily paper. I wrote in English for it, so I generally pick the team that Eng- uh, I, I root for the team that Italy hates less. So I kind of have to decide who that is. Yeah, I have a theory on you lose the Euro at home, you win the World Cup. France lost the Euro at home in 2016. They were upset by Portugal. They won the World Cup in 2018. England won the uh, the 2020 or lost the Euro 2020 and 2021. To Italy at home. Italy somehow didn't qualify despite being a top eight team right yep. in the world. I think, you know what, and I think if England's ever going to win, this is the time. Is getting the French in this uh, quarterfinal game because I think the pressure would have been too much against the French in the final. I think they're going to, they're poised for the upset tomorrow. There you have it. We'll see if I'm right. All right. 
I'll see soccer expert, Bob Stoffer. Oh, I'm an expert on many things, Elliot, none of which are in my own household. Thanks for your time. <laughs> All right. Take care, Bob. Be it well, is 1253 at Edmonton. That is Elliot Freeman. And Elliot's hits here on Orders Now are brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether they're celebrating a special moment or simply saving a night of the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. They're open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. Tell Chef Altoff and Chris and Brendan and the gang that Oilers now sent you. When we come back, Oilers game day trivia for St. Albert Source for Sports. You're listening to Oilers now. It is 12.54. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. This text comes in saying, Bob, Jesse and his people are forcing the Oilers hand to trade Poliarvi at an all-time low uh, with the human angle story. In my opinion, this is not fair, and you're better to waive Poliarvi if he gets claimed. That is equal to a third-round pick. If not, uh, he can play for the Condors with little to no pressure. Come back and perform at the Oilers and then trade him uh, for a higher value down the road. That one comes to us from, quote-unquote, the fat. I don't know if they're trying to force the Oilers' hand, but that might be one interpretation that somebody would have out there. Uh, again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Brendan, how hard do I need to make this for people? This trivia question coming up. Should I make it tough? Oilers game day trivia presented by our friends right. at St. Albert Source for Sports, your hockey headquarters for over 35 years. What do you think? Should I let her rip or give them an easy one? Like 8 out of 10 today. <laughs> okay, just a sec. Uh, there you go. Just before we get to this, I'll replug St. Albert Source for sports in a second. I, I do want to send out a special shout-out to the gang at Strathcona Spirits. Uh, they were kind enough to drop off a, uh, a product by the name of Velvet Cream. Highly recommended. That is at Strathcona Spirits. Uh, thanks, guys. All right. Back to our St. Albert Source for Sports. I got a double plug there. Oilers Game Day Trivia. St. Albert Source for Sports is your hockey headquarters for the last 35 years. Here we go. We got Bill Guerin coming up. Uh, can you name the member of the 94-95 New Jersey Devils uh, that... Uh, Played on the team with Bill Guerin when they won the Cup that year, the first in doubles history that was later a teammate of Bill Guerin's in the late 1990s with the Edmonton Oilers and uh, was a pretty effective uh, fourth-line player. Texas with the right answer, 780-496-0063. Uh, Brendan, I, and one more thing here. Um, hmm. 
Did you see this post from uh, Maskechee's uh, Cree High School? Well, I had heard Evander was up to something um, philanthropic, shall we say? Um, there we go. Uh, Van, do you, you want to read the? Do you want to read the? Uh, you, you sent it across to me. Brought it to my attention. You want to fire that off? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so basically this is a post from uh, Maskwichis Cree High School. Evander Kane, Oilers number 91, with the support of the Oilers and James H. Brown injury lawyers, has uh, offered to host a holiday shopping spree for 100 kids. That went down yesterday. I want to thank Mr. Uh, Wolf for selecting some of the uh, the high school and the junior high school students to participate in that memorable shopping spree. Each student uh, given an Evander Kane t-shirt and $250 to shop for themselves from Kane himself. A few of the uh, school students bought uh, $250 worth of groceries for their households. When Evander Kane found that out, he went them. Uh, he went and gave them both an extra $250 to buy more loot, which was kind of the purpose of the whole thing for Christmas. Uh, so thankful, uh, grateful for the uh, staff to make this a possibility. The Post goes on to say, again, that's from the Masquachis Cree High School. All right. And, uh, yeah, it's a great story. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with uh, Eileen Bell. And uh, when we come back, the general manager of the Minnesota Wild, Bill Garrett.